Have you ever looked around your business and thought to yourself, is this it? Are you making money, but yet you want more? Or maybe you have ideas in your head, but you're just not sure how to develop them into a revenue stream. Welcome to the Caged Vision Podcast with Carrie Roan and Lisa Beck, where we help you unlock your business potential and scale your business beyond trading time for money. Each week, you'll hear ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business. Let's do this. Okay, everyone. And so today is the last part in our three-part series. If you haven't listened to episodes or parts one and two, you really need to go back and do that so that you kind of know where we are. Because where we are right now is John has overcome so much. He's achieved his goal. He's a he's a pilot. He's sort of fought his way out. He's he's gone to school. He's got a college degree. I mean, the man speaks four languages for Pete's sake. But then, oh my gosh, and, and you're not even going to believe the twists and the turns in this story. And I'll just give you a hint. He's gone from achieving this, you know, being a commercial pilot to not even being able to be hired as a $10 an hour laborer. I mean, you talk about being in the ring, getting off the floor again and again and again. And his closing story is just absolutely amazing. It is unbelievable. I can't wait to share this with you. Thanks for listening. You achieved the vision you had for yourself. For some people, that's difficult because they don't know what to do next. Knowing what I know of you, you quickly came up with the next thing that had been nagging you, the thing that you wanted to accomplish next. What was that? Yeah, I wanted to. I wanted to continue through and go and become an airline pilot, and you know, just some normal things in life, right? You know, just have a family, just just go ahead and achieve more and more. And I recall one time talking to someone in the uh, the Navy, and they, you know, and they said, "What else will you do about stop flying?" And I said, "You know what?" I, I, <laughs> and it was just talking, right? And I said, "You know." I, I see myself one day as a business guy, but I'm not, I don't know how that works. But I mean, I, I'm a pilot. That was just in common, just in passing. You know, I felt successful. I felt like I had achieved, you know, things. And, and, and here I am, you know, obviously I'm just, a, you know, commercial pilot. Then I got out of the Navy, went into the airlines, to U.S. Airways. And here I am as a first officer. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to be a captain here very soon. And I'm going to be making $300,000 a year, flying 14 days out of a year and I mean, out of the month. And really have a really cool, peachy life. It's going to be really awesome. Well, 9-11 hit. And my airline, U.S. Airways, filed bankruptcy. Just like with some, you know, just like some others. More like captains became first officers and first FOs became nobodies. And I was in the streets again. Here I am, by myself in the street and driving to Birmingham, Alabama from Dulles International was actually, uh, I was uh, going back that you know, when I got the call and then you, you, you guys are done. I'm like, oh, okay, great. 
So I uh, was not happy. Obviously, I, I didn't know what, was, what I was going to do. My mind was going nuts and trying to figure this out. Well, a month or so, two months later, you know, I got to Birmingham and, and, and I got a job as a corporate pilot flying for a health south. And that lasted three months because, you know, obviously, you know, Scrooge ended up, you know, the whole fraud thing ended up going to jail and we sold the plane. And here I was again, no job. So you, you pivot from, okay, I'm not a commercial, but I, I'm going to try to find a job as a private pilot. You land this really kind of, it's a nest, next great opportunity. Great opportunity. There's a lot of pilots that were fellow, like almost 20,000 pilots were at work and looking for work like I had. And you jumped in and grabbed what would be a great opportunity for those listeners who don't know the story. HealthSouth was a company that had had a tremendous, Fortune 500 company, had a tremendous track record for financial success, consistent financial success. And they announced a huge fraud. A $2.4 billion fraud, I think that's the number, three months after John starts. And so, John, you got the call one day. Tell me about the call one day, you know, when you found out. So I just landed from Cancun, Mexico, flying these folks. And I just came in and Chief Pilot looks at me and says, hey, John, here's two weeks uh, severance pay. Our boss is going to jail and we're going to sell a plane. I'm like, what? I was like, wow, you know, this is not good. So I, I know you got a deep faith and I know you're optimistic and you've got hope, but this is the story is, and, and I mentioned earlier that you, uh, you told me, or maybe I haven't said it yet, but one of the things yeah, that you've told yeah. me is that I've been in the ring. I know what it's like to get knocked down and have to get back <laughs> up. This is, you've got a theme Boy, here, I've John. been knocked down 20, I mean, I get, I've gotten, I'm the, if I was a fighter, I'd be the dude that was known for the most knockouts because I've been knocked out. <laughs> so tell me about that. All right. So you got your two weeks. You have two weeks. What did you do? So uh, here I am. And I remember getting on my little car in 1980, you know, 1990 Corolla. Every time I cranked it, a big puff of smoke came on. It was a blue little car. I call it Puff the Magic Dragon, the car. Mm -hmm. It was my nickname. So I got in my car <laughs> and I drove away, you know, here, heading to my apartments in Hoover, you know, with my new lovely wife and, you know, been married now about a year. And she's like, what's going on? So well, I don't have a job anymore. And uh, they sold the plane and I don't know what I'm going to do. And she is working as a pharmaceutical rep, making $35,000 a year. And here I am, you know, thinking, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Read books and, and try to come up with ideas. And, and, and I was interviewing pharmaceutical jobs. I mean, I even went and applied to Lowe's and uh, selling cars that were not taking. I mean, it, I, it was awful. It was like all the doors were closed. It's like, no, and we don't have work for you. I, I was overqualified. And, and you know, the, when the one job that I went to through this thing here, I needed to find a job. And I went to, a place where they were hiring for sheetrocking homes. This is 2003. And the newspaper said, hey, yeah, $10 an hour, sheetrock. I was like, man, I, I need money now. So I went out there. Here I am, you know, naval officer, pilot, college degree, fluent in four languages. I didn't care. I needed a job. I needed an honest living. How tight was money? Money's very tight. We were buying food with credit cards. 
mean, Chrissy was making $35,000 a year in the pharmaceutical job that she just got. I mean, it was, it was, it was in a very small company. I didn't have an income. You know, I had this type rating that I paid for, like $15,000. So we were paying that off. It's like, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's like, you know, here we are, you know, dead. we got to do something. And I went and went out there and went to this job interview. And, and the funny question is they asked me, hey, do you have experience? I said, no, but I can learn. And it's a sorry. We can't hmm. hide. Because you had never sheetrock. I didn't know how to sheetrock. Oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> you know how to fly a plane, but because you haven't sheetrocked before, you don't get the job. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was high demand, and all these you know, Hispanics were out there, and they're all getting jobs and what have you. I'm like, because they were loading everybody up. I was like, I said, this is crazy. Man, talk about feeling low, 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 low. I mean, I can't get a job. She rocking homes, making $10 an hour. What did you go to in that time when you were low? What what sustained you? I went back to my apartment and I got on my knees and I cried and I said, God. I, I recall sitting in the middle of that apartment saying, God, what do I do? Please tell me. Give me direction. I leaned back in my faith. I went back to my faith. And Carrie, all of a sudden, I felt this gut check immediately it's like get into real estate <laughs> now it's like real estate i have no idea about real estate it was 2003 so i went and applied for my license i'm like you know what can i do well, what's the quickest thing can i do to make money well get a real estate license well i gotta buy one i gotta get one i mean and so i went and put it on my credit card Went and took the test. And talk about punches and getting knocked down. I failed the dog on thing for I got a 69 on a 70 passing grade. I got 69. I'm mm. thinking I wasn't God. I was a devil. I, I who do I hear? I'm crazy. You know? But I didn't give up on that one moment. I was like, you know what? I really stink. I, this feeling I felt it before and it sucks. But I'm gonna overcome and I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go back again. Two three weeks later, I went ahead and I reapplied again, paid another 85 bucks on the credit card. That was, we were maxing out almost. And got my real estate and I passed it with a 71. <clears throat> and I was like, great. I am in. I don't care. Yeah. And I started selling real estate for Realty South here in town, in Birmingham. You know, I worked like a dog. I mean, I worked it. I mean, that's one thing. I'm, I'm consistent, but I, I mean, I work hard and I will give in 100%. And I, for six months, I didn't take any days off. You know, Monday to Sunday, I was working, 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 working. But within a year, within a year, I became rookie of the year, made $150,000. And I was like, to real, like, this is awesome. This is just awesome. And then second year after that, I got a team and everything, and I was making three hundred and twenty thousand a second year. So tell me, you're brand new with your real estate license, right? And there are a lot of people that that are out there that work hard. And you said, "I didn't give up. I worked hard." There's something there that is part of your process, and I think this may be where it started. Am I accurate saying this is where it started to formalize? Yes. 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 So what did what were you doing? What made you from literally zero to rookie of the year. So 
I sat down there and what I did, one thing is I learned as quickly as I could. I picked out two guys in the office that were the best. And I started sitting with them, listening to them, learning from them. What worked and what didn't work. But one thing that I did know was that I had to work diligently and hard, but smart. Because I didn't have the luxury to wait four or five years to make 150000 like a lot of the guys were telling me that it's going to take. I said, no, I can't do that. It has to happen within a year. So I said to myself, I have to really, but I, I felt this is possible. And the reason why I said it was possible because I talked to you guys, two guys in my office that were very successful. And I modeled those two guys and I looked at them and how they, how they did business. So one thing I'm good at is I can take something broken or halfway, polish it and make it better. And I was taking some of those techniques and it was about the simple things of just follow up, creating that team, following up and creating the marketing to generate the leads and calls need to come in. And I knew that follow up, follow up, follow up is just the basic thing. Just get the marketing out there, get your name out there, but at the same time, you must follow up. And on the follow up, you know, create great customer service and put great customer service in place and also, you know, have a great uh, attitude about everything. But also, those people out there will refer you and use testimonials to push you further. And I continually did that in sales. And, and uh, you know, obviously, I'm getting, you know, there's a lot more little different things in there, but um, I'm generalizing it. But just the consistency of not giving up on that call and that, that objection, you know, whenever you get, you know, every, every time you get, a, you try to do something, you get an objection, people back, you, you know, oh, I can't do this. And I always find a way to get around it. I always tell myself that every system has a hole or a flaw. And I'm going to find that. I just tell it to myself, every system has a flaw and I will find that flaw. You just got to pick. I'm going to recap here because I've got faith and hope. I've got consistency. The third thing that, I'm, that I want to uh, make sure that we put in the show notes for the listeners is that you made a habit of picking the best and learning from them. And when you did that, the fourth thing, it allowed you to work smarter. When you learn from the best, you avoid all the mistakes that the others have made. Because they've made a lot. Exactly. So my thing is learning from those guys, from other people's mistakes, learning from the best and making that life, that, that span of time a whole lot shorter and getting there quicker. Mm-hmm. So by doing that, you can shorten the cycle time. And the fifth thing Absolutely. is that you created a brand for yourself that gave the promise that, number one, we're going to follow up on everything that we said we were going to do through that, that created great customer service and in turn equal good testimonials that you could use to remarket. Right. Right. Okay. So second year, you start to build a team. Tell me about the person on your team that you sort of took under your wing. So, you know, obviously um, I was my second year, I decided to open up my own firm, Providence Real Estate. And I started bringing in agents and what, and, and what have you. Um, there was one lady that came to me 
and she's like, "Hey, I want to be rookie of the year. I want to, I want to be successful like you, like you." She said, "What is it that I need to do?" And I said, "Well, it's very simple. Follow my plan. Don't give up, and just be tenacious. More tenacious than the guy next to you. You know, and this is and this is something I took from the military, carry, You know, through my life. You know, when I was in the Marine Corps." going through boot camp and all that stuff, they put us all in the big room and they said, look to your right, look to your left. By the time you're done with this training, those people that will not be there. Well, that guy next to me to the right and that guy next to me to the left said, I was not going to be there. But guess what? I told myself, no, I am going to be here because I'm going to work harder than anybody else and I'm not going to give up. And, and guess what? I did. I didn't give up. And that's what I told her. I said, don't give up. And she followed this plan of action that I put together for her and she did exactly what I taught her and what I showed her, you know, what to do. And here it is a brand new company. You know, we go to this uh, meeting, a uh, yearly meeting of all the realtors and what have you. And who has the rookie of the year in the company? We do. That's seven folks of company. That's it. Just seven of us compared to the big Remax and big rookie South. And everybody's just looking at like Providence. Oh my gosh. So I was so proud. I was like, you know what? This stuff works. And it was the girl, the lady that you took under your wing. It took on my wing. Yep. So for everyone that's listening, John and I are working right now on formalizing his plan of action. I know that I know that everybody right now is probably saying, email me the plan. We're working on formalizing it. But the point is that he had a system. He had somebody that he could work with every single day to make sure that she was following that system and she had the, the drive to do more. She had the motivation to take control, to create an outcome in her life. Those are the pieces. Obviously, it's not very efficient for John to call everybody and walk them through daily through his plan of action. So we're looking for a way so we can really, really formalize it and systematize it and get it to each of you. Because if you're like me, you want to know the plan of action. So, John, take me through where we are now. You sounds like you're selling individual homes at this point in the second year. Is that correct? Right. So I'm selling the individual homes. And, you know, obviously, the year that I started my company was uh, 2007. So as we all know, you know, back then, the, the markets, you know, uh, it began, the, the big giants fell and all that. And, and, and here we are, this little company thriving through all of this. So we were selling and and we were actually, I mean, I was actually controlling the whole set of Alabama myself through a lot of banks and what have you, because I was, I was working foreclosures, you know, when guys, you know, the years before when guys didn't even want them and all of a sudden, you know, the market crashed and guess what? There was a lot of the foreclosure and, and stuff out there. So I ended up inheriting a lot of properties and selling a lot of properties. And not only that, but by then I was very you know, my, my business was very dynamic and we were bringing in a lot of listings. And I recall having about 85, 87 listings from the books that we couldn't sell because they were, you know, underwater, you know, people, you know, you know, obviously credit were frozen so people couldn't sell. And I said to myself, you know, how can I generate money from all this? This is a problem. And, and the cool thing about a problem is, Whenever a problem arises, there's an opportunity behind it. You know, it's like the only separation between you and money is a problem. Oh, I like that. So you got to go fix it. Yeah, I love that. The only separation between you and money 
is a problem, it's your job to go yep. fix it. That's right. The thing is, I went ahead and started, you know, convincing my, my sellers, hey, we've got a we got to do something different. How about renting your home? Because we have a lot of that in the market. Now, people that can buy, they, they can rent. So folks started agreeing to that. And that's how my management company was born. So we, we actually turned the real estate company into a management company. And here we are, you know, creating all this residual income. And I said to myself, hmm, I really, really like this mailbox month. <laughs> more than the commission. I want more of this. But I sat back and I said, how can I really blow this thing up? Like I really magnify it. And I started, you know, just digging and praying and, and, and asking God and talking about it. All of a sudden he said, you know, I felt again this note, this gut check and then, you know, go buy an apartment. I said, get into the apartment business. I'm thinking, wow, that's awesome. Well, how the heck am I gonna do that? You know? And what I did was, again, I started to look around and, 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 uh, and I came across some property. Actually, I was trying to help some guys raise some equity, some, you know, some guys that I knew. And that deal did not work out. And that deal fell apart, you know, literally three times. And I said to myself, these guys are having such a tough time doing this. And I'm in the backseat just trying to help them. Why don't I just try to jump in the front and figure this thing out? Because I like solving problems. I like challenges. I've been knocked down so many times. You know, what is another, what, what's another, you know, I've been there. So why not take this challenge and see if I can make this work? I mean, because I love challenges. It, it excites me. So I jumped in this thing and I ended up finding a partner because I needed a partner for the liquidity and the network because I didn't have, I didn't have it. And, you know, most people will go buy two or three apartment, like small apartment, like two or three units. I went after 190 units. Wow. That was my first deal. I don't recommend that. But I mean, the thing <laughs> is, it was, you know what I mean? It was out of my league. It was like way, it's like, you know, I always tell my kids, you know, my, my two girls, they're like, girls think big. If they tell you you're not crazy, you're not big enough. Think big. So here I am. I only got $35,000 in my bank account by then. I mean, it was doing fine, but, it, but I was just building commission, but everything was going on. So I mean, I have some savings, not much. I'm like, how am I going to do this? So this is 2011 now. So I ended up starting a new company called Providence Investments, the goal to buy apartments. It took me almost 13 months to secure this deal, uh, you know, because I was helping these guys and, and I opened up the company in 2010, you know, with the ambition of doing this. But then 13 months later, I actually consummated that sale and bought it through, you know, I, I had a partner and a lot of different stories through all that of cool stuff that happened. But bottom line is I ended up, you know, securing a, a, a hedge fund out of Florida and they, they partnered up with me and, and we ended up buying this deal, which by the way, I, I, <laughs> I have to say this, I mean, but I bought that deal for 5.2. It's actually in the contract today after me refining, cashing out 2.6 out of it already like two years ago. I'm selling it for over 12 million bucks. So I want to pause there and let everybody listen. John sleeping on the floor with rats today after buying a deal for 5.2 million and taking 
2.6 million in cash out of the deal. He's looking to more than double his money by just following the principles that he has developed. Faith and hope, consistency, pick the best and learn from them. Work smart. Make sure that when you work smart, you find a way to market your success, what you're good at. Number six is look for a challenge and solve it. Tell everybody where you are now. Tell them everybody how many units you have. And then let's just close with the current cage division that you have. Well, let, let, let me close it with this quickly. There's so much. Recall that story that I told you about that apartment when I sat down. I said, and I knelt on the floor and I cried out. I said, God, what what do you want me to do? And you know, things were really rough, and buying through with credit cards. Nine years later, from that moment, I bought the apartments across the street, two hundred and twenty units for fourteen and a half million bucks. And that's where, man, that is. A, <laughs> It's like another frozen moment when I was flying in that airplane. Um, thank God every day for it. But I mean, today we are a multinational, you know, firm, international firm. We work with investments, you know, investors uh, from all over the world, from Israel, South America, Africa, South Africa, Asia. Several few thousand units now. You know, we also have uh, three companies: a property management company. Uh, an investment firm, and also a construction company licensed in 13 states from coast to coast. All in apartments. You can go see it at Providence Investments. Providenceinvestments.com. That's my company. John, that is that is an inspirational story. I picked up number seven. I always want to end with an odd number. Number seven is aim high and look for those who have achieved what you want and learn from them. John, this has been awesome. Every time we talk, I ask questions that dig deep. You get emotional and I also do. I get here and I get, I just have to hold back the emotion from your story. It's inspirational. I am so glad that you took the time to tell your story, to just pour out to others. And hopefully this inspired somebody that they can too can create and take control of the outcome of their life. Thanks, Gary. I appreciate it. It's been great. Thank you. Okay, everyone. That's the end of the three-part series with John Mejia. I mean, if this if this is an amazing story, it's going to be tough. I don't know how we're going to top this. I mean, we're coming out of the gate in our first few episodes with this three-part series. It's amazing. But this is the story we're telling. This is the caged vision. This is the potential that's locked up in so many people. This is why we're doing this. I mean, this is it. This is it. So, yes, this is going to be hard to top, but we're up for the challenge. Thank you for listening to the Caged Vision podcast. And don't forget to come back next week to hear more ideas, interviews, and case studies of others who, just like you, are subject matter experts and want more from their business.